You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. What if you found a portal to a parallel universe? What if you could slide into a thousand different worlds? Where it's the same year, and you're the same person, but everything else is different. And what if you can't find your way home? Welcome back for another issue of Imagine If. This week we are continuing our conversation on the JSA. Chris, what a great team. Yes, like honestly, um, right after the JLA, you're like, okay, cool, I meet the superstars. And now you discover the JSA and you're like, I understand who the real stars are. Yeah, <laughs> <I'm old. laughs> Is that an all-star squadron, squadron joke there? <laughs> wink wink nudge nudge (laughs) no last week we did a a 101 based off of uh the jsa the justice society of america basically because uh black adam or we had dwayne johnson come on talk about black adam and his and their his movie going to involve a lot of the jsa plus dc universe just finished wrapped up for season one of stargirl which also included a lot of the jsa and surprise surprise that show which is kind of created written by jeff johns references a lot back to the 1999 jsa book that he wrote so yeah (laughs) so it's uh it's it's we're we got right into the talking about that kind of that genre of uh of the jsa so we wanted to see what that version of the jsa would be in the marvel universe and we both came up with our own stories and teams right yeah, yeah. So, I mean, Marvel's tried it before. They both do. When one makes something, the other does it, you know, Diet Coke, Diet Pepsi. So they both <laughs> decided, like, hey, you know, 1999's JSA with Goyer, Robinson, and Johns was just phenomenal. It was the book nobody knew they wanted. And so Marvel had to take a stab at it as well. And, you know, sometimes they've been lucky. Most of the time they haven't, <laughs> but um, yeah, Mitch and I, we're going to throw our hat in. We, we, we know what the formula looks like, so let's do that. All right. So before we get into our challenge for the week, let's get into the spinner rack and find out what's new on New Comic Book Day. All right. So let's start with the days of the week. So every Tuesday is when you will be able to get your DC comics at your local comic shop. So let's see what they have in store for us. Batman 98 takes us into part four. Or, yeah, is it? Yeah. Part four of Joker War. I have to say, um, I've been lucky enough that I've been reviewing this series um, for Adventures in Poor Taste. Issues one and two. Dude, oh, they hit so hard. I was, like, amazed that I came back to the Bat books, and I was like, okay, I actually kind of regret leaving. Uh, Parts three and four here, they kind of hit that valley. You know, they kind of got a little bit slow. But there is a lot of buildup, and I will say, if you're a fan of Alfred, this issue, issue 98, was the best tribute to Alfred that I've read. Because when Tom King took him away in his run, um, they did a bunch of specials, and God, they were horrible. Like, <laughs> like, come on, man! Like this is a character. Like, give him a better send off. Uh, uh, Mr. Tinian did it. He gave him a great send off here. Uh, continuing on the Bat Train, we have Batman: The Adventures Continue, Part Four of Seven. This book is a hidden gem. If you love Batman the animated series and you want the modern epics of 
of DC Comics, this is where it's at. And Mitch, you're really going to want to get this one because... Let me go ahead and just tell you the uh, blurb on it. A new type of vengeance comes to Gotham City. The flaming sword of Azrael city in search of a stolen artifact from the church. Yep, that's right. Azrael is here. <laughs> uh, dude, like, we're getting it. We're getting Jason Todd. We're getting Deathstroke. And now we're going to get Azrael. This is insane. So, yeah, Mitch, we're, 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 we're going to bring you back. <laughs> Kicking and screaming. <laughs> yeah. Um, Speaking of some other hidden gems, this is a neat one. Booster Gold, uh, he had his comic book series. Like when he first appeared, he actually appeared in his own comic book. He got one of the, he got that treatment. Uh, Dan Jurgens, a young scrappy kid back in the day, was writing and drawing Booster Gold, and so DC Comics has finally decided to collect the original Booster Gold series as a as a two-part hardcover so part two is out here so booster gold future lost this will collect issues 13 through 25 and his guest appearances in millennium issues three through six seven action comics 594 and then his secret origin in issue 35 of that book of of secret origins (laughs) um so yeah that's actually kind of a neat thing I, i might have to go and see if i can find a great deal on those two uh two collections um and also out this week is Deceased Dead Planet number three. Tom Taylor gave me my birthday present early. I'm super hyped about this one. Um, so at the end of issue two, we got to see this big red weird thing, and it turns out it's the anti-living plastic man. So that was pretty wild to see. Uh, Trevor Harrison really went to town on it. But in Deceased Dead Planet number three, we actually get hope, and it was really neat, and a... a um, character comes back and i was so surprised i mean it makes sense because they can always escape um so i was very happy to see them back in the fold as well uh we've got some dollar comics if you're trying to save some money so dc is is finally bringing those back again um we will get batman issue 663 this was grant morrison's the clown at midnight um so rafa and i are doing a series called batman captain america where we're talking about grant morrison's batman versus uh ed brubaker's captain america we both did not like this issue (laughs) (laughs) um you might remember it it was the one where it just kind of had it was very prose like it had a quick splash page and then there would be you know the the type along it and it was just like such an acid trip. I don't know. So <laughs> it was a, a buck, maybe, but even then, that's asking too much. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I would just say you guys are doing a great discussion over there. Like the reading along with it is such a such a joy. So I, I'm glad that this is something you're doing. Oh well, those were those were two huge series. Um, I mean, they they did so much. I mean, if you look at what Winter Soldier, like the reintroduction of Bucky Barnes, that's what led to Winter Soldier in the MCU. And honestly, I know a lot of people say that when that movie came, that was the uptick that really made the MCU. So yeah. And you know, Grant Morrison, if you, if you, if you organize it just right, it might make sense. (laughs) (laughs) I always like to think of it. You might remember this. Remember in JLA when he was writing that and it was that big, the, the justice league versus the evil counterparts, Joker, Luther, Cersei and all them. Right. Right. And so they have to figure out where the, how to get out of the satellite bomb or something. So Martian Manhunter like does his mental trick and he touches the Joker's head and he's like trying to hold himself together while reading the Joker's mind. And it's like, I, I feel like that when I try to explain <laughs> Grant Morrison to people, it's like, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> you feel the touch of, 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 of insanity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
It's like right, it's also like it. in uh, Day of Judgment, right? Was it Day, Ju- Day of Judgment when the they find themselves inside the the Joker's mind and Batman's like, "No, we need to get out of here right now." And it's just like a calm place. Yeah, yeah, that was the yeah, their their little spin-off issue. Yep, exactly. When when Marsh Manhunter used the the Hal Jordan Specter powers to go inside uh yeah, the Joker's crazy mind and he's like, "How could you?" <laughs> yep, exactly. That is Grant Morrison. That's the trip. <laughs> All right, let's see. Well, uh, and the other dollar comic, though, this one is definitely well worth it. Uh, this will be Catwoman number one from back in 2002. Um, this is when I believe, I know for sure the artist was Darwin Cook. I don't know if he did the writing as well. Uh, this may have been when he teamed up with, I believe, Ed Brubaker as well. Ooh. That was a phenomenal series. Unfortunately, I didn't read it, but maybe that's the inspiration I need to check it out right there. Um, we also have another trade paperback of Flash, Savage Velocity. Now, these are really exciting because I, I've talked about it before, but uh, when they relaunched the Flash in the 80s, um, they this was now Wally West taking over the mantle. This was huge stuff, and these stories have never been collected. So this trade paperback will have the first 18 issues and the annual. Um, this was crazy because... We saw, like when you, Mitch, when you were introducing me to the uh, Young Justice cartoon, and we had that episode with that basically like Peter Cross was in it, so young Wally West is running with the the transplant organ and the ice and stuff like that. Right. They took a lot of this from that first story arc in The Flash, so it's like Wally West is like, "Eh, I've got superpowers, but I'm not as good as I used to be. You know, I'm down on my luck. Oh, but I won the lottery. And then all of a sudden, here comes Vandal Savage, and he's like, I want to eat this heart. (laughs) What? Uh, Crazy stuff. But I'm glad to see this is finally collected. And especially, too, for the writer's sake, the gentleman has been going through some hard times. So hopefully this is a great way to get a couple bucks in his pocket as well. Mm. Um, We also have, on the Green Arrow side of stuff, uh, Green Arrow by Mike Grell will be getting an omnibus collection. So this will definitely collect some of the uh, later 80s stories uh green arrow the longbow hunters issues one through three issues one through 50 of the green arrow story and then the secret origin from secret origins number 38 so they're really dipping into that late 80s early 90s stuff um what's neat about this though if this continues if this run continues that'll take us all the way to the death of green arrow with the introduction of connor um but they'll be changing writers so i don't know how they'll handle that (laughs) So you can you can see the adventure and the build up there. Hellblazer will be getting his own three issue miniseries, Rise and Fall. So there's definitely some love for old Mr. John Constantine there. Justice League hits issue 52. Shazam issue 14. Wow. If you want to know what could possibly happen in Shazam 2, the 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 Fury of the Gods, I think it's going to be subtitled. Correct. Pick up this issue. It's going to break your heart. Uh, Jeff Johns is back in it. Like, luckily, I don't know if there was just a hiccup for one issue, but Jeff Johns is back in it. Uh, he's got Dale Eagles ham. He's got Scott Collins coming in. Uh, Shazam is fighting Superboy Prime, so that's exciting, you know. But this really continues the um, the subplot of Billy's dad. And wow, that's all I can tell you. <laughs> just be prepared. Uh, Spectre, the Wrath of the Spectre Omnibus Edition will be released. Strange Adventures hits part five of its 12-part maxi-series. And Young Justice marches along at issue 18. 
So those will be your DC comics. Now, if we flip over to the other side of the continent, they're no longer across the street from each other. It just dawned on me. <laughs> but, uh, if we leave California and we go to New York, we will be at Marvel Comics, and they will be out on Wednesday. So let's see what they've got for us. Uh, the Amazing Spider-Man by J. Michael Straczynski, Omnibus Edition, Volume 2 will be out. I know this was another big read that both of us loved. Uh, JMS did some great stuff with Spidey back in the day. Yeah. Um, let's see. Avengers of the Wasteland hits issue five of five of their miniseries. So that continues with a new, more hopeful look at the old man Logan world. I hope at least. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Black Widow gets the brand new number one issue for her series. Uh, there will also be a Black Widow Strikes omnibus as well. So this will collect a lot of her... Um, I want to say, I think these were 90s, maybe a little bit of late 80s stories again there. But uh, this will be kind of when she was bouncing around. So actually, no, it looks like this would be if you want to get in on her first appearance and forward, or at least her modernization of the character, taking her into the, the black costume with the red hair instead of the uh, bizarre actual like widow's dress. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this would be the adventures there. So a lot of great stuff from, yeah, it looks like about the mid 80s. Uh, fantastic George Perez art as well. Cable hits issue number four. Captain Marvel number 18 will be getting a second printing, so something exciting happened there. Empire will actually be concluding this week, so that's going to be really wild to see how this uh, miniseries, the big crossover event from Marvel Comics, gets handled. Fantastic Four number 23 will be out, and I believe that deals with the, uh, the new Fantastic Four as well, so Spider-Man, Wolverine, Hulk, and... Um, Ghost Rider will get their moments of team up alongside the Fantastic Four as well. So I know a lot of people love that team. Um, we have, where did I go? Okay, Guardians of the Galaxy issue six. Hawkeye Freefall number six will actually get released. Uh, this book was doing really well, then COVID happened. And then Marvel decided, okay, well, they continued it, but they were only going to do it as a digital series, which was a bummer because it was great stuff. Uh, but issue six will actually make it to print, so the full six-issue miniseries will get released as uh, actual comic books. This is going to be the one... This changes everything for Hawkeye. Um, I think it's okay because it's been spoiled a while back. Um, Hawkeye is going to be a bad guy. Ooh, going back to yeah. his roots, so to speak? Yeah. His beginnings? This, yeah, like, I mean, this is wild. And it was such a great way. Uh, uh, Michael Rosenberg... Uh, yeah, Rosenbaum, I can't think of his first name, but he did such a great Rosenberg. Rosenberg, yeah. Great, yeah, he did such a great job of crafting a story with Hawkeye that made you feel for the character. So fantastic stuff. Uh, I highly recommend it. I would say go get the trade or go get the back issues for sure. Marvel Tales. Now, this is a big reprint uh, collection from Marvel. Uh, these are a little bit more prestige, so they will come in at an $8 price point, but they're very worthwhile. So if you're a fan of Captain Britain, you will be getting a beautiful, uh, I'm going to say his name wrong, Inhyuk Lee. Uh, he does these amazing paintings of characters. And so he's done one of Captain Britain, and this will feature like, typically they give you the first appearance, a major power change or character defining story. So they're great collections at a you know small comic book style, higher price point, but very worthwhile. Now, do you, will they be, do you know if that book's going to dive into the like, captain britain core or anything like that or you know like the stuff that that we read in the early 2000s with like lionheart and uh the sword and the shield and all that stuff i imagine it might hint at it 
typically I look at these books as like something big is going to be happening with Captain Britain. And right now, Captain Britain is Psy well, Betsy Braddock, a.k.a. or she used to be known as uh, Psylocke. Psylocke. Right. So I feel like this is going to be more launching us to there. So what's going to happen? I don't know. So the, the issues inside it. Um, we get Captain Britain issues one and two, so I believe that's his first appearance. And those were exclusively comics for Britain only. They weren't over here. Then we get Marvel Team-Up issues 65 and 66, so that'll be a Spider-Man guest appearance. Uh, Excalibur, number one, and yeah, that's it. So it doesn't look like they'll like there may be mention of the Captain Britain core, but I don't think they're going to be the focus. So, so like I, Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, with... The fact that we were already supposed to have Black Widow out, and I think Externals was supposed to come out in November, or was it? Yeah, I think that's what it was supposed to be. Yeah, it was just. I think it was just shortly before Christmas. So yeah. Do you think that either one of those movies was going to hint at Captain Britain, and maybe that's why we're having a push in the the comic book character? I no, I think this is more just like Hickman's got plans with his whole Krakoa X Men thing. Okay. Now, because the Eternals, surprisingly, they'll have Black Knight. Right. They'll be there. Uh, and that was just because I don't know the character's name. I think um, I think that might – I don't know her name, but she had a relationship with Black Knight. So that's kind of how they're going to bring him in. But I don't think they really ran into Captain Britain for any other reason outside of a small team up. I'm just, I'm just curious when – because, I mean, I mean, the Marvel – the MCU – has pretty much brought in just about every character, especially once we get to, to get to externals or externals, e eternals. So uh, Captain Britain can't be too far away, right? No, no. I, I honestly, I, I see him coming along very, very soon. The question is where, you know, so it's one of those things where, you know, like I feel he's definitely a great, like, 80s character you know so he's got that vibe uh he can still exist in the modern modern world if they ever decided to dive into like what we're going to do today into world war ii i would say definitely use union jack before you use captain britain mm -hmm. but i could almost see them saying like hey maybe captain britain is a neat idea to explore um you could run parallels with in the upcoming black widow movie um i think it's red guardian right so he's like captain russia you know so right. maybe Maybe they'll see how that how fans pick up on that with them having an international captain corps. <laughs> I mean, I and, that actually sounds like a pretty cool team. <laughs> the international captain corps. Yeah, there we go. The ICC. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's definitely different than the Red Guardian and Captain America, and where he gets his powers from magic instead of from science. But it still would be interesting. Um, Especially if they decided to go with Brian Braddock or, I mean, I, I think it'd be kind of weird to go all the way to Jamie Braddock, but there's also, I mean, is Betsy going to be a new Captain Britain? Because we have the the clone body, the Japanese clone body, and then we have the English body, and they're both back in active yeah. power, right? Or active uh, roster or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, so, so you had Kawanin who was her own character. That was the Japanese body. Right. And had Betsy as Psylocke in the, the English body. Um, and then of course, you know, through the magic of comics, you know, the, the, the minds got swapped. Um, but now it seems like Kwanin is, is whole and complete in her original body, but it looks like she's going to keep the Psylocke name. Okay. Uh, and so it's going to be interesting because yeah, if, if Brian comes back, 
he's probably going to be Captain Britain. So what does that mean for Betsy's sake? What would they do? What do you call her? You know? Yeah. So yeah, it'll be, it'll be very interesting to see. So um, we'll have to get Rafa to come back. So that way he could tell us. Cause I think, I think he's trying to do something crazy and read all of the craziness of the Hickman era X-Men. <laughs> that would be crazy. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's a lot going on. <laughs> okay. Back to yeah. the spinner rack. Okay, so we've got Marvel Zombies Resurrection number one of four. So with the success of Deceased, Marvel decided to release a one-shot bringing back the Marvel Zombies, and it looks like it did well enough to green, to greenlight a four-issue miniseries. Um, I, I enjoy that stuff. I think it'd be great, so hopefully they just don't go too crazy, too far, too fast. Like, keep it, keep it character-driven, not just gore-driven, you know? Um, Miles Morales, Spider-Man number 18 will come out this week, and this takes place in the outlawed story arc where the teen heroes are told to stand down. They're no longer going to have to do things. New Mutants number 12 will be out continuing this Hickman era. Old Man Hawkeye will get the complete collection. You read that, correct, Mitch? Old Man Hawkeye did. I did. I, I read Old Man Logan, Old Man Hawkeye, and I only began the beginning of Old Man Quill uh and uh, I mean, I wanted to com- complete going or continue going through it. Uh, I did get parts of the story from you uh, that I I hadn't read yet, but I did read Old Man Hawkeye. All right, I'll bring you my trades for Old Man Quill. I enjoyed it, but Old Man Hawkeye. Uh, what, what were your thoughts on it? What's your, what's your take? I really enjoyed it. I liked the fact that it was a prequel to Old Man Logan because then you got to see where it was that what what was it that hawkeye was doing up to the moment where he arrives on uh logan's like property to say hey i got a job for you and it will help pay off your your debts to the to the hulks and stuff like that so uh it it was it was it was nice to see more of that world and then you 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 got to see older versions of everybody kate bishop um Oh, who else did we see in in that? Oh, a bullseye. Bullseye was a big part of that one. So, ooh, interesting. Yeah, and didn't they kind of tease Old Man Murdoch in that? Right? Am I understanding? That yeah, correctly? I think at the end of that, they, they they tease Old Man Murdoch. All right, so they need to come back together. So, because I I really want that because it's got a uh, Marco Cicero, uh art, and that that guy, wow, he can draw some beautiful, beautiful stuff. Uh, so yeah, I might have to put this on my read list then. Oh, is that uh, so? Is that like a trade that just came out? Or yeah, yeah, they're gonna collect that twelve issue maxi series because Marvel's pretty clever how they do these things. They do the issues, then they give you a six part trade. So then you buy the volume one, volume two, and then a couple of months later, they're like, "Hey, here's the complete collection." And then <laughs> I'm sure there's gonna be the ultimate edition, and then they'll probably do an omnibus with the whole, you know, old man omnibus, you know, stuff like. <laughs> Oh, you, they're trademarked that too. <laughs> if they did uh uh old man Murdoch, I would love I would love it for me for him to be like the stick character to him, but now he's like training a whole like squad of blind fighters because of some kind of catastrophic event that, you know, blinded a bunch of people like at once. Ooh, that'd be pretty wild. Right? Yeah, maybe like a gamma bomb went off. So that way you get that hint of radioactivity. It blinded them. And so, yeah, now he's got to be stick. That'd yep. be kind of cool. All right. Oh, man, I'm jonesing for that now. <laughs> um, well, let's see. Uh, going along, Thor issue five gets a third printing. So something really exciting went there. Um, if you're looking to save some money, DC does dollar comics. So Marvel does True Believers. Uh, this week we'll be focused on the X-Men. So we will get Mr. Sinister, number one. 
Nanny and Orphan Maker number one and Wild Child number one, all coming in at a dollar each. And basically, these will be their first appearances. So if you ever wanted to see the first appearance of those four characters, there you go. Venom issue 27 gets a second print. Wolverine number two gets a second print just in time for Wolverine number five. And then the Wolverine Omnibus returns. So we're getting a new printing of the famous Frank Miller stories of classic day. Uh, and that also includes uh, Chris Claremont as well. All right. So that is what's on your spinner rack for this week. Uh, Chris, I'm super excited about this challenge. I'm so glad that we're going to get to it. But it is a huge challenge. Like we've done big ones, but this was definitely... A big one. We had a lot of characters to, to cover and uh, a lot of story points. And then uh, diving into the timely comics of Marvel, <laughs> it was it was a little bit of research to do, too. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Like, I didn't. It's funny because so I was telling you before we recorded, it feels like the Golden Age did better in the Silver Age because when I was going through the classic era of timely comics, there was just not much to delve into. <laughs> no, no, no. There's a, it's a, and it's a, it was a lot of like trying to figure out who some of these characters were and trying to to see how I can make them fit. Like I don't feel like I did too much stretching, but there isn't a lot of description or background to some of these characters. So I guess I can I can use uh, my own um, uh, discretion, so to speak. Do you? happen to have our uh, challenge rules in front of you anywhere? Yes. Okay. So we decided to take a look at this and kind of take an idea of a formula that we saw Jeff Johns use when he had his uh, JSA. Well, not necessarily JSA, probably more uh, James Robinson. So the plan is we are going to use the formula. We want three Golden Age heroes because we saw that with Alan Scott, Jay Garrick, and Wildcat. We want one Golden Age sidekick to grow up, basically take the reins, as we saw with Sam. We want three descendants of Golden Age characters. So we got to see that with Black Canary, uh, the new Starman, and Adam Smasher. Then we're going to take two Golden Age heroes and reimagine them, as we saw with Our Man becoming an android and Hot Girl being reborn as Kendra. And then we're going to stick in a new legacy character, which would have been the Star Spangled Kid, who later on became Stargirl, who now holds two, but we're not going to stop there um, because we liked that first arc of JSA. The first four issues basically involved the birth of a baby that would wind up taking over. A, so a classic character reborn to take over the mantle of another hero, AKA Hector Hall, Hawkman and Hawkwoman's son. He was reborn and he becomes the new Dr. Fate. So that's the premise for our first four issues. And then just because we were going to tie off the trade, issue five would be a character study. So who would you want to focus on for one issue just to kind of drive the point home? And then issue six is where the um, where the redemption of Black Adam began. So we are also going to take on a Marvel villain and enlist them in our Golden Age team, our Golden Age Modern Age team, in order to help redeem them. So this way we can have the rock plan in our film someday. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that to me, that was the hardest, like to try and find a Golden Age villain for me to redeem. Like, cause if you go through the list of the, the, <laughs> the Golden Age, like villains that they have, Obviously, it's a lot of uh, World War II stuff, and out of that is a lot of very uh, xenophobic, like 
characters and then there's there's a lot of like nazis and like i don't know if i can really redeem a nazi (laughs) you know i I struggled with that one too yeah Um, yeah it was tough because like and then even then i i really sat down and i thought about this who is black adam in the marvel universe you know that's a good question you know because like because i tried i'll be honest with you i tried to play it cool and i was like oh you know what i'll do captain marvel so I looked to the Captain Marvel Cree world, and the best I could find was Yang Rog, um, the the Jude Law character. Right, the Jude like, Law character. Nobody's gonna care to redeem him. That's not gonna have <laughs> spice, you know. So it was that was a tough part of the challenge trying to find a villain that you want to be heroic enough. Because I mean, at best you could argue maybe maybe Magneto, but Magneto and Black Adam just they don't. They have similarities, but they really wouldn't. They wouldn't mesh well together. I yeah, don't, maybe you, I could be wrong. No, you're right. I didn't. I didn't think about that. But Magneto and Black Adam are pretty, pretty close counterparts. Um, I, I, I think that Black Adam is more offensive though, whereas Magneto is defensive. The whole idea is like he's going to kill, but he'll, he's only going to kill to protect mutants, kind of thing. Whereas yeah, Black Adam is gonna is gonna go full force, like no, my people are the strong kind of thing. I don't know. That's that's kind of how I see it, I guess. Yeah, well, they're they're definitely. I like that that one is like, they're both extreme gentlemen, but <laughs> one a little bit more extreme. Yeah. Uh. So so did you? You don't have to. You didn't use Magneto, did you? No, no, I didn't. Okay, so that was that the me right now. <laughs> that was the closest that you found to who would be the Black Adam in the Marvel. Like, if if you didn't go with a Golden Age character, that would be the closest you would find with a Black Adam counterpart in 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 Marvel. Oh no, I got mine. I I found one, but it's it's not in the classic vein. But I think it works. <laughs> okay, okay, that's cool. Cool. It's a little bit of a cheat. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, that's fine. So since uh, you came up with the rules, I'm going to go ahead and uh, go first, if that's okay with you. Sounds good. All right. All right. What do you got? So <laughs> let's go with my three Golden Age heroes first. And listener, you're probably going to have to go and do some Wikipedia after hearing these names because, uh, yeah, I wouldn't have known most of them either. But <laughs> my Jay Garrick. My Speed Force guy. Uh, the reason why Jay Garrick is still alive in 1999, so to speak, is because he's part of the Speed Force. Like, the Speed Force has kept him young kind of thing, right? Like, yeah. that's the idea there. So, Roy Chambers, Blue Blade of Timely Comics. Uh, to, the, I, to the most what I can understand, he essentially has uh, magic-based powers. So, that, that would allow him to be able to um, stay young, so to speak, if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, so uh, I would I, I liked what I saw in the little bit that I could find of him, and um, I just thought that it would be the best fit for a elder statesman, so to speak, of uh, the new. I guess I guess they would be the new invaders. That's another thing. They did. <laughs> we did talk about that. We we had a a version of the new invaders already in two thousand four. That was very similar to. Um, uh, yeah, it was basically the Marvel attempt at JSA. Right. Exactly. So that version. I, do you remember reading that version of the of the book? Oh yeah. No, I I I bought those. I remember going into it because 
they did it smart. They kind of did actually what JSA did. They had the uh, return happen in the big superhero book. So JLA had a quick JSA arc that led to, okay, people want this. Let's make JSA comics. And so <clears throat> the same thing happened in the Avengers book. They did, uh, I think it was once an invader, always an invader or something like that. And then it led to the new invaders. Uh, the twist there was Captain America was on the team, but it was John Walker. Uh, they managed to get the Jim Human Jim Hammond Human Torch. Right. They had Namer, and then just like a couple other characters as well. They tried to they tried to do what we're doing, dig deep and find people that could be. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, the fact that he gets his power, if he has any power, I, I guess. I mean, I guess relooking at it, he doesn't actually have any powers, but his blade is some type of mystical blade, and he does show up in the twelve in two thousand twelve. No, wasn't that yeah. a book about immortal people? No, so that one was an interesting one. So they were a Golden Age set of characters, basically like, you know, all the characters from Daring Mystery or Mystic Comic, you know, whatever, all these wacky, timely comic titles. And so I'm not sure what was going on at the time, but Marvel was like, hey, I think we need more Golden Age people. So they decided to say that 12 of these heroes, when they were on the front lines of World War II, they, did, they just kind of went into this cave and when they came out, they came out in modern day comics. And so, yeah, it was like the Phantom Report, Phantom Reporter, uh, Mastermind, uh, Excello, and all these other people. And they were Golden Age heroes trapped in the modern age. And you're trying to see how well they adjusted. It, it got bogged down by uh, shipping because it didn't come out on time. So that's what held it off. And plus, you can't give everybody the Captain America treatment. <laughs> <laughs> well, a lot of the characters I picked did get the Captain America treatment. So oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, moving on to the Alan Scott character is Elton Timaro, the Blue Diamond. Um, I mean, it made sense to me. Sentinel gets his powers from uh, the Green Flame, the Starfire, or not Starfire, the um, Starheart. Star yeah. yeah. So blue diamond he even at some point in the modern history of his character gets turned into a gem person of sorts so that to me made sense because he kind of has the the um transformation that sentinel has or alan scott does from green green lantern to sentinel kind of idea i like that that's a good that's a good crossover ted grant uh gets made into keen Marlowe destroyer now i as I understand it, Destroyer isn't exactly just a Marvel character, right? Because he didn't he get redone over at uh, Dynamite. I I think the name because that's what's tough about some of these Golden Age characters. They kind of get played off weird. So there is a Marvel Destroyer. Uh, that's one that I've been trying to convince Sam would be the Golden Age Punisher. Because if I remember correctly, I think the, the Golden Age version was the first Stanley character. Um, but yeah, that, that name though does get played cause it's kind of, kind of common sounding, you know? Yeah, I guess that's true. You, you know, you don't really, you can't really have, uh, like the, the copyright on destroyer. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's, it doesn't really make, make sense. But, uh, so, you know, the idea of peak human physical condition, skilled fighter and marksman, um, there are descendants of Marlowe, there are people that carry on his legacy, but nothing's ever said of what happened to Keen himself. So I figured, why not? Why why not be the Ted Grant and have the ability to uh, resurrect or you know, because because Wildcat 
Ted Grant has that nine lives or whatever, right? Every time he or he's able to live, uh, come back to life at least nine times, kind of thing, or eight times. Turned out he was he had a power after all. Yeah, exactly. So I, I'm doing the same thing with destroy the destroyer Keen Marlowe. Okay, I like that. My golden age sidekick is Mary Morgan, Miss Patriot, this teen sidekick to Patriot Jeff Jeffrey Mace. Uh, I almost put Jeffrey Mace in himself because I remember seeing him in uh, Agents of Shield. Actually, like one of the seasons, they had him Jason O'Mara play him as a character, and the idea was that he was an Inhuman in that, but not really. Like he was, he was kind of helping inhuman uh human relations um but then you come to find out that actually he was taking some type of version of super soldier serum that he had to constantly take so that he got powers and patriot was at one time considered a captain america right like in the retcon or yeah they made him like the 50s cap yeah okay yeah yeah so this would be his teen sidekick from world war ii or whatever miss uh miss patriot Mary Morgan, and I wanted her to be this Sanderson Hawkins sand character, uh, which which means in the new Invaders she would be the new chairperson, the the new uh, captain of the team, like Sandy becomes. Okay, I dig that. That's a good pick. Uh, the three descendants. So we had Dinah Lance, Jack Knight, and Al Rothstein, uh, Black Canary, Starman, and uh, Adam Smasher. So for my Dinah Lance, I kind of went for a a one-for-one, which I thought was kind of interesting. So uh, Dinah Lance Black Canary is the descendant of Dinah Drake Black Canary. I'm going with Jackie Crichton. I believe that's how you say her name. Uh, The daughter of Jackie Fallsworth Spitfire. Yeah. yeah. Oh, nice. (laughs) Which also, like... That whole family, the Fallsworth Crichton family, that's a lot of uh, legacy into that. Yeah, like out of all of England, and I know England's smaller, but <laughs> all the crooks between the Braddocks and the Fallsworth. <laughs> uh, so you have a, 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 new, a new version of Spitfire, the daughter of the original Spitfire. Then you go to uh, Jason Holloway, the grandson of another Holloway. I forget what the, I think it was. I don't remember what, but Angel, uh, the original World War II Angel. Do you remember his name? Oh, I don't remember his secret name, but yeah, he wound up like the, he was the Angel. Um, oh, give me a second. I think I can get you. Uh, Thomas Holloway. Thomas Holloway. Thank you. Yeah. They even said in his Wikipedia that they gave it the, 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 he, I guess he, I don't know if he kind of goes evil or something. Well, no, it's more like a vigilante. Like he, he starts killing off people that he, de- he deems bad. And then yeah. when he gets arrested or put away, um, they give the mantle over to his grandson, Jason. So I was like, this would be interesting for him to pick up that mantle and go forward with it. Uh, and then Al Rothstein gets uh, made into Joseph Chapman, the Union Jack. So, the thing about Al Rothstein is that he is actually the descendant of a villain uh, of the JSA, right? His godfather yep. was um, the, the original, original the original Adam, yeah, Al Pratt. So Joseph Chapman, not actually being a descendant of the Fallsworth to put on the Union Jack, he puts it on because his best friend Kenneth, or his friend Kenneth, 
Fallsworth couldn't put on the outfit at the at the moment, so he became the new Union Jack. And I thought that's interesting. Like uh, he's carrying on a legacy that's not necessarily his own. Yeah. Uh, then our re- our two reimagined. So we have our man, which is an android from the future. We have an android that's a part of the team back in World War II. So let's bring a new android in with the Human Torch. Oh, okay. So the Human Torch uh, gets rebuilt, so to speak. Uh, maybe with Jim Hammond's, uh, you know, um, original programming, or maybe not. Maybe it's just it's he's he's a whole new android, so so to speak. Uh, I just thought that'd be an interesting backwards way you know it's because instead of from being from being from the the future he's from the past uh kendra saunders our hawk girl gets uh her counterpart for me would be uh america chavez miss america because there was a miss america that was a part of the invaders or all-star or all winner squad is that what it was yeah, I believe it was all winners. Yeah. yeah, all winners, all winner squad. So we have that version. We have Miss America in the modern day, and America Chavez would be welcomed. I would assume into the new team, like the that idea. So, su- and super powerful too. Uh, I didn't know she was an alien character. I was very surprised by that. See, is she? I thought I knew she was from another dimension. I didn't know she was also an alien. Well, at least that's what I saw in the bio. There could be maybe there's a twist to things because sometimes these things get updated. But that surprised me because I thought she was totally like, you know, I'm off the streets of New York. Here we go. So that was kind of an interesting find on her. Mm, interesting. Yeah, I have not read enough about her. So I, I don't know her history, but I do know that she is uh, from I know she's from another dimension and know she's super powerful. Uh so my new legacy, and I feel like this might be a cheat because I'm kind of creating a new character. Well, I guess I did that with Spitfire also, but I'm creating a new character uh, that's going to carry on another legacy, just like Stargirl does. Um, so Courtney Whitmore gets made over into Joanne Watkins, the new Citizen V. So this would be John Watkins the third's daughter. So that's like it's I th- I believe that would make her the eighth person to carry the name of Citizen V and I I'm oh, yeah. all I'm all for that. <laughs> uh our hero re- the yeah the new hero that's reborn the one that, that gets that special um retold story that would go back to um Mary Morgan Miss Patriot. And since uh S- Sanderson didn't want to be called Sandy or Sandboy anymore uh, I'm going to give her a new name. I'm going to give her the name of Victory and say that her middle name, Mary Victoria Morgan, was her name. And she's just like, I need to go buy something different. And now she's Victory. Nice. I dig it. Uh, and then my redemption villain. So this is what I was talking about. Like, it was, it was difficult for me to find one. But the wizard had a villain called the Black Streak. Now, all he was was a 3D hologram that came that got sentience. And, you know, started stealing stuff. So if we were able to capture him and, you know, they were like, well, he's not really bad. He just doesn't know better. Like he needs better programming. This is when we bring in the Jim Hammond uh, programming like brainwaves. And then we merge the two together. And Jim Hammond kind of gets to have a 
rebirth, so to speak, as the Black Streak. Like I think that would be the cool the cool bring around to bring in Jim Hammond back. I dig it. I like that those those interconnections because that's what sells JSA. Yeah. 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 So that's my team and my first six issues, so to speak. All right. You got me hooked because I love that. I love, you know, legacy and I want to see what's going to happen and how these characters collide. And plus, I love the fact that it's you've got that great taste of golden age with modern age. So it'll be wild to see because, as you mentioned earlier, it was kind of like, yeah, some of these characters, they wouldn't really do well in the modern age. (laughs) Then you have some kids, some of the characters that are very extravagant in the modern age. So it'd be interesting to see how those two play off each other. (laughs) (laughs) So that was my, I guess I'll call them the invaders. I don't know if I like invaders. What do we have? I mean, we have all, all winter squad. We have, we've got, so your golden age teams. uh, Let me see. I just had this. So you've got a team called the lost generation. Uh, I don't know about that one. You have the three X's. (laughs) Tough Kid Squad, the Victory Boys, the Young Allies, uh, the All Winner Squad, Freedoms Five, the Howling Commandos. Maybe there's that. Um, the Twelve or the V Battalion, and that's really about your Marvel names. <laughs> I mean, I guess I could go with the V Battalion since I have a new Citizen V on the team, but that would be putting her at the forefront, and that's not what the Star Girl character is. Uh, I guess we can go with the victory squad uh, because my new chairperson is, is, is I've named her victory. So that'd be kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If they get a new chairman, they got to change names. <laughs> or maybe I just go with the V battalion since she is the, she, you know, she's victory and, and maybe that's why she goes and finds the new citizen V because she's like, Hey, I'm using the legacy that's created by your, your ancestors so let's bring you in on the team too there you go (laughs) all right i'm all in for it so let's hear your marvel jsa okay so i'm you have to marketing's marketing and uh the the invaders is just the best title in my opinion um i thought about playing with the all winner squad but it just i don't know it it kind of i kind of go with um the argument like society, you know, squads and societies, I don't, they just don't, they don't feel it, you know? So all star squadron, you know, all winter squad. I don't know. They just, they didn't feel right. So, but invaders, it's got that punch. It does. It really does. Defenders, guardians, invaders, you know? So I figure, all right, let's, let's play that. We'll use that uh, hyperbole that Stanley is so famous for. So, all right, walking it through. So for my Alan Scott Green Lantern, I figured I'd play with that connection to fire. So this is where I went with Jim Hammond. I decided the original, and it's tough because could he be considered the original Marvel hero since his first appearance was in Marvel Comics number one, October of 39, you know, or does it go to Namer? But so anyways, that'll be my uh, longstanding historic character. So I go with the Android Human Torch there. Uh, for my Flash, my Speedster, I looked long and hard, and I had a tough time because the Wizard is exciting, but that name. <laughs> <laughs> That's that like the like, only one they have. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, so luckily, I was able – I just said, you know what, Spitfire, like, because she does have that nice, like you pointed out, connection to Legacy. But I just – I felt she's – she gives me more. She has better connections with Jim Hammond, so I thought, okay – 
So I'm going to make her my speedster. So I give it to Spitfire. So Lady Jacqueline Fallsworth. And um, she had her first appearance in Invaders number seven back in July of 76. So while considered a Golden Age character, not a Golden Age character. <laughs> Ooh, really? That's, yeah, that's the theme of Marvel for that one. <laughs> Um, for my wildcat, I looked around and you mentioned a couple of names and I, I came so close to settling on some of those, but I just, I, I, I couldn't find anybody. So I really looked and I, I was like, okay, well, who's that scrapper I need? So, yep. it went back to Jeff Jordan, AKA captain wonder. So I decided to take him because I do remember reading about him in the 12 and he didn't seem too bad. Oh, so you're, you're going to have to tell me more about captain wonder. So basically, like, so I found this exciting. So he was a chemistry teacher. Um, and sure enough, you know, he, he creates the wonder fluid, right? And that's his, his chemical to increase human strength and all this stuff. So, you know, it, like, it's such, a, it's such a comic book origin. Like, he's in class. A kid hits him in the back of the head with a little ball. Um, you know, it, it, it like... It, it accidentally basically winds up getting him exposed to the wonder fluid. It's so ridiculous, you know? Um, so they inhale the gas, passes out, you know, next thing you know, he opens up the window and boom, he's got superpowers. So he's very much like a Captain America themed hero with that whole red, white, and blue costume. He's got the ridiculous fin on his head. Uh, <laughs> something like that. And so he was very much like a frontline scrapper, you know, he'd, He'd be jumping into those foxholes and fighting his way through and out. Um, he was part of the 12, so he got pushed forward into the future, as they all did. But I think what sold me a little bit more was the fact that while coming to the future, he basically was like, okay, you know, like he wanted to discover more about well, what happened, you know. So he he went and checked out life and, and basically came to find out that his wife and kids um, – they were, they had died, you know, like just time had, had they'd lived their lives and died. Um, you know, so it's like, okay, well, what do you do? And he's very much a man trapped in the forties. So he's dealing with the modern day and it was just ridiculous, you know, like he couldn't stand street violence, you know, the gangs and all that stuff. So it was just like, okay, you know what? He went out there and he would fight his way. He wound up saving a, a NASA shuttle. Um, basically like it, it, it didn't fire off correctly. So, you know, he really put himself out there. And I think it was just basically him hoping to die kind of type of thing, you know? Mm -hmm. So I, I like that character struggle. Like that felt like it's one of those things where it's like, well, if I can't deal with my problems, I'm going to fight. And that very much feels like a Ted Grant type of mentality. Oh yeah. You know what? There we go. So, you know, that's, that's just it. A man trapped out of time with superpowers and then comes to learn about the world and just, he's not happy with it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so there's my three golden agers. Sam, oh, and sorry, um, Captain Wonder made his first appearance in Kid Comics number one back in February of 43. So he actually really was a golden age hero. Yeah, because, you know, comics are just for kids. <laughs> hey, whatever it took to sell it. Uh, this one, they actually wound up spelling comics with a K as well. So it is very much that, hey, kids, look, <laughs> it, it's a double letter thing we love. <laughs> Uh, let's see. So Sand, Sand was interesting. I, you know, I, I wouldn't have cared for him as Sandy, the golden boy, but when they really redid him, he was one of those characters that I was getting excited about in this JSA book. So again, he's the kid sidekick. 
he kind of got lost in time and then he wakes up into a modern world that's not of his making, right? And he's got to deal with it and there's the story of redemption for the good things he did and the bad things he did. So, yeah, I think you know where I'm going with this one. <laughs> the Winter Soldier, you know, it just – those two, I figured, like, they would get along. You know, I think they would do pretty well. So I decided, yeah, I'm going to give that title of – kid's sidekick grown up i'm gonna give it to the winter soldier yeah Plus, he's gonna be the big sell of the book so i needed one of those <laughs> <laughs> i i mean i kind of i kind of felt that like i felt that in the ether when i was looking at my characters like you know what i'm gonna leave bucky for chris to use <laughs> Well, I appreciate it. Yep. <laughs> That's one of those ones I had to get. Uh, but actually, it works out, too, because Bucky brings a lot of good baggage as well as interesting baggage. So, yeah. And, of course, Bucky made his classic comic book appearance way back in Captain America Comics number one back in March of 41. Um, so there's my kid's sidekick. Now, when we start talking about the uh, the generational ones. So I looked at the Golden Age. What was her name? Um the blonde phantom, Louise Mason. And she wound up having a daughter who is Wanda Mason, who decided to become the phantom blonde. (laughs) (laughs) I kept coming across that name too. I wanted to look up more about her and I was just like, "Mm, I don't know. I don't know how I can spin that into a, a more modern day story. So I'm interested to hear what you have to say. Well, so the reason I liked it, so I, I did, I wound up reading her, uh, reading about her. So she actually made her first appearance in Sensational She-Hulk number 21 back in November of 1990. But it was the same type of idea that, you know, all right, so Louise Mason, the Golden Age character, you know, she retired from heroics, you know, got married to Mark Mason, had a great family. They had a child um, uh, with, with Wanda. The next thing you know, it's like all of a sudden Louise gets kidnapped. You know, it's one of her unsolved cases. And so it's like, okay, you know, uh, what are we going to do here? So Wanda is just like, no, I, I want to find my mom. And because of her inspiration on that past, she wound up going to Sue, Re- Sue Richards of the Fantastic Four. And they created a costume that would help her have the blonde phantom's powers. But she decided to say, well, no, I want to be the phantom blonde instead. <laughs> but I like that idea of that it was your mom inspired you. And I very much, I mean, because... In the classic comics, Black Canary is just one solid character. Right. To explain time, they decided to say, oh, well, yeah, it'll be a mother-daughter thing. So I very much felt, out of all the characters when I researched them, this gave me that. So I decided, you know what? I'm going to take advantage of that. Um, I will definitely give this character the overhaul. Let's make her that fighter, you know, that that character that it's like she ain't going to take no guff. She's already got the fishnets. At least that's what it looks like in the art. So I was like, okay. <laughs> Lucky in that regard. Um, my next one, I decided to say, okay, well, if we're talking legacy, this one's always been, it's been a mantle that gets handed down all the time. So union Jack, you know, it's just, there we go. So the current union Jack is Brian Fallsworth. So I decided, you know what, let's do that. Because if I remember correctly, uh, his grandfather, uh, Lord William Fallsworth, uh, his father, Lord Montgomery Fallsworth, uh, they have been, and even actually, I think John Fallsworth, his uncle was a William or was a, a Union Jack as well. So that kind of felt like that Starman legacy. Oh yeah. What there? So I decided, you know what? That'll be the one. He probably won't be as hipster. But then again, I remember in that comic that we referenced, the New Invaders, we kind of did make you know Union Jack a little bit more like because he was wearing the camo pants and he's like, yeah, let's go. You know? <laughs> 
So maybe we'll play with that a little bit more there. But I thought that would be a good character there. Uh, for the Atom Smasher, I was like, okay, who is somebody that is carrying on a mantle that isn't like it's blood, but not directly blood? So this one I had to go with a little bit of stretch, but I'm happy because this was a character I really enjoyed that a lot of people didn't like. So over in the Avengers with uh, Busek and Perez, they created a character named Triathlon. Oh, and yeah. I thought it was so cool. You know, he could do all these amazing things and stuff like that. Um, as comics progressed, we come to find out that he also, because of the, the triune understanding, that he's kind of getting his powers from the 3d realm which is here <laughs> yeah that i remember that in the what was it um initiative was it was it the initiative book like where he begins yeah yeah so they, they so yeah but i just i like the idea you know it's like okay this is fun so he is a modern day hero and he eventually full-on becomes the 3d man i just i don't want to like i could go either way with him being the 3d man or triathlon uh, you know, maybe the 3D Smasher. I don't know. <laughs> but I thought that would be a great connection because at one point, by him following the 3D man, he's got that heroic legacy. But because of the triune understanding, he's also questionable because the triune understanding wasn't very heroic. So I thought that could be a neat way to play into what the problems were that uh, uh, Smasher had to carry as well. So I thought that would be fun. Uh, now I'm looking at my Golden Age heroes that were changed and whatnot. So this is one where I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give him a little bit more of a oomph. So our man, they took the classic and made him an android, right? Mm -hmm. So I decided, you know what? Let's do the same thing. So I'm going to take the Blazing Skull, okay? Oh, oops, I forgot a couple of appearances here. Sorry. So I gave you the Phantom Blonde. Uh, the Union Jack, so the original Union Jack uh, made his first appearance in – Invaders issue 18 back in July of 77. So again, that's one of those characters where they were considered classic, but they're really not. <laughs> uh, then you've got Triathlon. He made his first appearance in Avengers Volume 3, Issue 8 back in September of 88. And then let me see if I can find the 3D man himself. So the 3D man powers, I want to say that's totally 50s because it's just... It, it very much feels that way. <laughs> so let's see. The uh, the original – oh, no, it goes all the way back. Um, motion pictures – nope, nope, I'm reading this wrong. Oh, gosh darn it. But he actually – I guess he is considered a uh, a classic Golden Age character. Sorry, Interesting. internet is going. There we go. Let's see if we can get this. Charles Chandler was the original 3D man. Um, and his first appearance. Oh no, nope, I'm wrong. Marvel premiere issue 35, April of 77. Okay, it's another another retcon, old old golden yeah. golden age character. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, so back to where I was. So Blazing Skull, he is going to be basically. I don't know how he had his powers. Like he would just have a suit that would give him a flaming skull, and it's like okay, whatever. Now this is the he shows up in the new Invaders book in 19, in 2004, right? Yeah, yeah, because he was the one that was basically held over by the uh, by the enemy, and they were just torturing him. Um, and yeah, he was held off by Middle East terrorists, and they kept torturing and torturing him. And basically, that's what drove him a little bit insane, you know. Um, so then, yeah, the U.S. agent Cap was like, "Hey, let's use your insanity for heroics." <laughs> <laughs> Didn't now, I I know that's two different. It's two different. I think he's a DC character, but like I think when I first saw him in that New Invaders bo book, I thought I thought of uh, Atomic Skull. That's a DC yeah. character, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. So they they do look familiar, similar though, right? 
Oh yeah. Okay. And it's funny because everybody always likes to say the atomic skull is a ghostwriter ripoff. And I'm like, no, he would be a blazing skull ripoff. <laughs> there's not the whole hint of like, you know, it was just like a lab explosion or, or something like there's no mysticism, you know, it's, it's science based. Um, Cause yeah, long-term exposure granted Todd the ability to make himself a living flaming skeleton. So some kind of chemical he exposed himself. There you go. You know? So in your new version, he's also an Android. Oh no, no. In my new version, I'm going to make him a spirit of vengeance. Oh, so you're going to straight up give him a, a ghostwriter. Make him a ghostwriter. I'm going to make him part of it. Well, because the thing is, I want to play with the idea that like war is an interesting concept because a lot of times people want to think, well, you know, there's the heroics of it, the romance of it, but there's also the survival of it. So I want to go back with this character. This is one of those characters that I kind of, I guess maybe he could have been the one for that redemption, but he kind of was a scumbag, you know, like he was totally cool with like, you know, yeah, you know, hey, nothing wrong with going in and killing a Nazi. Not a problem at all. But he was like, nah, dude, I'm going to like, I'm going to cut his Achilles tendon. I'm going to shoot him in the kneecap, you know, and stuff like that. And really like going to town on them. Yikes. Yeah. So when you do horrible stuff like that, so I want to play with that. I want to go to that, what you mentioned there in the new, new Invaders book, that while he was being tortured by those terrorists, that's when Mephesto comes along and he's like, hey. I can help you. <laughs> so he gets the Ghost Rider-esque powers. He is a spirit of vengeance, but the first person he was punishing was himself. Mm-hmm. So that's why, you know, he's like, I got to wait till I'm fully redeemed, you know? And of course, when you start talking like that, it makes sense why you might be a little bit crazy. <laughs> Maybe a little bit. Yeah. So that's, that's how I'm going to play him off. So I'm going to take him as being just a, you know, some kind of chemically powered hero of the day to now he's a full-fledged spirit of vengeance. Um, and then the original one, he first appeared in Mystic Comics number five back in March of 41. And then for my hot girl, I'm going to take the concept here. And this one, I'm going to I'm going to try to stretch it out a little bit wild. So there was a character named Venus back in the Golden Age Marvel Comics. And so I'm going to play with the idea that she is part of the Pantheon, you know, so she is supposedly the daughter of Zeus and Dion. Uh, the oak goddess. So with her being one of the many titans of legend, that's how I'm going to play her off as kind of that hawker where they're reborn. So there's a young girl who is, you know, just not happy with her life. And she's thinking about kind of like how a hot girl did, you know, committing suicide. But in that moment, that kind of messed up her rebirth slash exiting. So it kind of, it's a new character, but with the Venus mentality or not full mentality you know what i'm saying sorry i'm explaining that horribly wrong but, <laughs> uh, so you know what let, let me let me have that character who can transverse through time and you know have her be reborn in that way so that that would be kind of fun to play that off and then my star spangled kid so now this is where i'm really tipping my hand into the whole winter soldier thing so <clears throat> i decided um, somebody that's going to carry two legacies, right? Well, I'm going to take Rebecca Ricky Barnes. Um, yeah, the, the oh. girl the, uh, Heroes Reborn world. So she managed to slip off into our world. So it's kind of interesting because she remembers fighting in the war and doing all these things, but it wasn't our. It wasn't her world. So she's kind of just sitting there in limbo. So I thought, okay, well, this could be fun. And it could almost give you that Stars and Stripes vibe with, you know, Ricky and Bucky kind of in the way with Courtney and Pat. 
Right. So I thought that'd be kind of fun. That way you could have that moment. But yeah, I figure Ricky, she decides like, okay, well, I'm the nomad, you know, like, so she is the Bucky and she's also the nomad. So she carries those two legacies. So I thought that would be fun. And her first appearance goes back to Heroes Reborn. They made a half issue back in September of 96. So go get it while it's hot in the quarter bins. (laughs) So yeah, I thought that'd be fun there. So that would be my team. And then as for the story, so there's going to be a hero reborn that will gather a mystical item, right? So I decided, well, Marvel decided to do their Marvel Comics 1000, right? Because action and detective and all that fun stuff. So they hinted at the Eternity Mask being this exciting totem of power and they haven't done anything with it (laughs) so i decided okay you know what like there's gonna be a child born in the marvel universe that would be the character to be able to use the eternity mask so i decided to say all right i I felt his character kind of got robbed and he was just disgracefully killed so jack monroe the 50s bucky aka nomad (laughs) (laughs) Captain America tales at all in this one, but he will be reborn because since he was brutally killed by Bucky himself. Uh, but anyways, he'll be reborn and he will be the one who is destined to hold the eternity mask. And it kind of works because this guy, like, so his real name is, let me get it real quick. Jack Monroe. So, I mean, he was a kid who basically got pulled into the Marvel Universe and like, hey, you could be Bucky. And so they kind of, you know, dyed his hair, made him look like Bucky. Then all of a sudden, him and his Captain America, you know, they're the the commie smasher caps. And next thing you know, they get driven insane and turn into villain. You know, so he's he's just never really had a place in his own. So I kind of felt, well, maybe that that, that goes to what – uh uh Silver Scarab was going through Hawkman's son. So I thought, okay, this could be the way to fix him and give him something worth existing for. So with him having the Eternity Mask, he's able to spot all the things that are going to happen and and hopefully lead the invaders into that. So that way they could be more proactive instead of reactive. And then again, how do they know? And this is what was neat about that Bucky baggage I was talking about earlier. So how do they know about the Eternity Mask and how do they know about, you know, the child being born? Well, that's because of Bucky Barnes himself, because of that time when he was the watcher. So when him when he was the man on the wall, keeping an eye on everything, obviously the Eternity Mask being very meta physical in the, the Marvel Universe, that's something that would be on his radar. And so that even goes back to the files of Nick Fury, which kind of, again, gives it that little bit of Golden Age touch because Nick Fury was a commando, so I thought that'd be fun. Um, my character issue, so there, the four-part issue is that, them managing to fight off, probably, let's just take Mephisto, he's a great villain. So they fight off Mephisto to help Jack Monroe be reborn and, and rise up to become the new, I guess I would just nickname him, or I'd call him Eternity, I don't know, that could be worthwhile. <laughs> so he'll, he'll get the mask, and now he'll be the one who can really help them with their power sets. So issue five, the character study, I would do it all on Bucky just because that's my own spoil. <laughs> uh, but that'll he'll kind of be the glue that holds this team together because these are characters that he knows from both time as a kid sidekick to being the Winter Soldier. And then this was the tough part was who's the villain that I'm going to redeem? Well, that's going to be tough. Oh, and I almost forgot. Uh, Jack Monroe, the, the second Bucky, a.k.a. Nomad, a.k.a. everyone, he... <laughs> in young men number 24 back in december of 53 um 
so yeah, so he's he's been around for a good while. But anyways, I just I struggled like who is the character that we can redeem? Who is the one that 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 you can use? And I figured, well, who's the uh, invader that always needs redemption? Namer. There you um, go. So once I kind of unlocked him, I was like, you know what? That works because. One, they both have pointy ears, so that's great. <laughs> Two, they are that arrogant, you know, dictator slash ruler, but they're also very kind to their people. So just like the the people of Kandak know that they have a hero in Black Adam, the uh, Atlanteans know that they have a hero in Submariner. So I thought that would be great because the Submariner for a while there, when they were talking about bringing him to the MCU, they were doing a lot of story and he was basically just attacking the land and doing all these wild things. So it never really got properly concluded. So I will take that, that pred, that plot thread and fix it up myself. So there you go. That is the invaders. All right. Very cool story. Uh, I mean, Obviously, you the the resident uh, comic book historian puts me to shame, and uh, I'm all the better for it. So, uh, if you have any uh, ideas or your own story to go along with our challenge, we'd love to hear about it. Or if you just want to talk about our stories, we'd love to hear about that. Find me on Twitter. I am at Mitchipedia. G E M G E M stands for Geek Elite Media. Chris, where can people find you online? You can definitely find me on Twitter as stuff I should say should being spelled S-H-U-D. And please check out the writings that I do on the Geekly Media website, as well as Adventures in Poor Taste. Uh, the rest of Geekly Media is at Geekly Media on Twitter, at Geekly Media on Instagram, and Facebook.com forward slash Geekly Media is our Facebook page. If you want to enjoy more of Imagine If, we have a Reimagine If after show where we discuss a little bit more about what we talked about today on our patreon so go to our patreon page geekly media on patreon and uh be a tier member you find the right tier you can get the exclusive bonus materials that we provide uh geek out even harder (laughs) (laughs) yeah geek out even harder uh if you want to check out archived episodes of this podcast though or other podcasts on the network go to our website geeklymedia.com And please, whatever podcatcher you use to listen to us, rate and review us so that you can help spread the word of our network so that other people can also enjoy all the geekiness that we bring to you every week. But until next time, this is Imagine If on the Geek Elite Media Network saying, always remember to geek out. out. This concludes our broadcast. (laughs) 